couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to Our Friendly World. Better, Stronger, Together. Good morning. Good, good morning. Good evening. Depending good night. on what part of the world you're at, welcome to our friendly world. We are your hosts. I am Fawn. This is my cohort, my husband, Matt. Hello. Today, we are going to talk about being a good host. And not just a host when someone comes over to your home, but treating the whole world as our home. Walking down the street. How do you say it, babe? I like how you describe it. Being in the world and treating the world as your home and everyone that you come across as a guest, a special guest of yours. Welcome to my house. Yeah, say it again. Because this is my house. Whole kit and caboodle, whole world. But not the type of house that says, I'm better than you. It's It's everybody's home. We are here to host one another what does it mean to be a good host often in our martial arts training i found that especially our teachers they were good hosts weren't they especially some idiot like me that would come in i was ready to break some joints and i was so excited to like (laughs) kick and punch (laughs) like bart simpson (laughs) i I learned the death touch (laughs) I wasn't that bad. When do we break out the nunchucks? I I had a lot of energy. I'm little, but the other school I was training at, before I came into yours, we were learning to break stuff. Break bones. Break hearts? (laughs) No. (laughs) But, you know, I was all excited. I was all like, like a jumping flea. Like, I just wanted to hit and... Yeah, throw you down. Right. But you all were very peaceful, and I was very confused. Aikido, that style, that lineage of Aikido was very gentle. Like, you guys wouldn't even allow for muscle to be used. It was all pure energy, right? Correct. But I found you to be really good hosts, especially with me, because I wanted to throw everybody. I wanted to throw the teacher. <laughs> I wanted to throw you. I wanted to throw the assistant teacher. I wanted to, I want, and then I wanted to yell too while I did it. You know, I was, I was, I, I wanted to release whatever rage I had, but you all were so kind to me. Like talk about a good host. Like you weren't offended. You were very um, lovingly every time telling me, no, <laughs> we don't we don't punch or hit here. I'm like, what? <clears throat> what do you mean you don't punch or hit here? What do you mean you don't eat no meat? <sighs> what? Seriously, like what? But you all taught me the way, the way of peace, right? Well, that's the definition of Aikido, right? Right. Well, that style especially, right? Right. So... I mean, that for me, that was the first example that came to mind because Mm -hmm. I obviously was not a good guest. I came in wanting to tear the house down and you all so lovingly and with at the same time such a graceful authority allowed me to understand on my own what it means to be a good guest and to see how you all were good hosts. And so later, once you and I became friends, you further explained this to me. Like, it's actually your concept, honey. And I found that you use this in business. You use this in every corporation that you've worked at. You're always the great host. Even when you're the first um, person to start a conversation, even when you're the new man that's hired, you're the good host. You're the one that makes sure everyone's comfortable and you start conversations. I mean, you should explain this because I'm not there in the office with you, but I know what happens from the conversations we have when you come home. But anyway, so we're talking about 
what it means to be a good host in the world. Even when there are problems, even when someone has not so great feelings, you know, even when things are not necessarily peaceful. And also, I want to talk about a little bit about my background and your right. background, okay. right? So let's say you come over. I invite you to our home. Friends, I'm, li- I'm talking to you, friends. So you've never been to our home. We invite you over. It's interesting the looks we get from people. First of all, I'll, I'll explain what happens when you come to our home. Wherever our home has been, it's been pretty much the same way, right? We've moved around. We're a little bit nomadic. We've been nomadic the past couple decades. You know, we keep moving. <laughs> to say the least. And we've lived in all kinds of places. We have lived in a really, really cool apartment. We then moved to a beautiful condo overlooking the Sound in the Pacific Northwest. We had the great privilege of buying a house on an island that was beautiful. And, you know, we lost that a few years later because of... C'est la vie. Whatever, life. We moved into ugly, ugly apartments. Oh, jeez. Very dark. (laughs) Ugly. Ugly. You know, we've moved around. We've had all kinds of home situations. But we've always made it beautiful. Yes. No matter how ugly. Yes. And actually, I think the uglier the place, the more... We work on it to make at least the inside beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it was total love, right? We filled it with love, number one. True. But also, the uglier the place was, the more we were defiant and made it more like a circus. Like it <laughs> See, looked... circus isn't fair. No, 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 don't. I mean, by circus, what I mean is like something like Cirque du Soleil. Like very colorful, very beautiful things hanging from... One side to another that you would not ex- expect, you know, lots of color. Lots of color is whimsy, the key for us. Whimsy. Yes. Like just creating our own defiant sense of style. See, defiant makes it sound. See, I think of it myself as childlike sense. So when you walk through the door, um, the kids. And my wife have made beautiful hearts cut out of material and things which lay somewhat flat. And these are dangling from the ceiling. We have, you know, just turning my head, I can see pinks and golds and reds and purples and oranges. and Textures of all kinds. Lots of textures. I see hanging strings with pennants. I see... And everything's handmade. I see trees. I see, um, you know, plants. There's life, basically. A banner that says, hip, hip, hooray. We have lots of signs all over the place. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and, 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 and frankly, these are the things that bring me a lot of comfort and a lot of fun and a lot of... Joy, frankly. And um, a reminder of what, how we should live life. You know, like, l- let's look at that wall in the kitchen right now. There are nine signs. What we did was we took nine clipboards and treated them like frames, like art. So we'll draw something or the kids will draw something on a big sheet of paper that is the same size as the clipboard. And we'll swap it out so like you'll just clip that piece of paper on and there's nine of them hanging on a portion of the wall in the kitchen you know with things that and i say defiant because i mean we're breaking all the interior design rules that's what i mean by defiant we're not here to live a certain way because of a status quo we're just going to say hey this is our home we're going to live it the way we want you know much like let's take a look at some of those signs. What have we heard growing up? Money doesn't grow on trees. It's hard to make a living. Okay? So we're going to be defiant, and the one of the clipboards says, making money is easy. Right? Everything we want is already here. 
This right here is sacred space. There are limitless, beautiful possibilities. I can't see. My eyes are a little blurry right now, like the other signs we have up right now. Can you see any? No, I'm, I'm in a bad angle for that. Okay. But anyways. But like let's... signs to remind each other what we want life to be and how we want to live. And there's so many things coming at us in the world that tries to program us to be a certain way, to think a certain way. And defiant, what I mean by that is I'm going to defy that. Like even when people say, how old are you? Oh, when you're at this age, this is going to happen to you. When you're, you know, even with the kids, how old are you? And the kids have to say how old they are. But, you know, I miss it when we used to not answer their questions by answering their questions saying, I'm not an age, I'm an energy, you know? So what? I'm going to tell you I'm five and you're going to say, okay, five, you're in this grade and this is what's happening to you. No, we're defiant. We're, that doesn't describe or predict or say what we are. We're going to create everything. So when you walk into our home, you're like hit with all this stuff. So we invite you to our home. And as my, as my cohort said, as soon as you walk in, you're going to be not hit, but, and not slapped, Baby. not slapped, but gently touched on the forehead by a whole bunch of hearts that are hanging from the ceiling in the hallway. Well, if you're of a certain height, yes, you will, because I get bonked into them all the time. And that's why we did it. it the, 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 the sea of hearts, the forest of hearts, it's always a hallway in the entry, you know, where the front door is, is where we've always put those hearts, no matter where we've lived. What did we call it? A sea of love? No, what was heart it? Heart forest at one the point. The heart forest. It's a way to welcome people in, right? Right. They're going to ki get kissed as they walk through the hallway to enter the home with a whole bunch of different hearts. Right. And honestly, I think it shifts the focus. Like, you can't look across our entire place because your eyes are immediately kind of just caught short by the heart forest. And immediately... They think we've decorated for them. Oh, that's true. Yes, right? they do. do. Like, yes, they do. Everybody does. Like the first time, it really like I because you know people look at us strange when they come in. Like they're shocked. Like what is what what is happening here? What 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 happened? What is this? And it turned out the first person that actually said something out loud was like, "Did you decorate for me?" Psych. And we were like, "Uh, uh, uh. well, inside further, yes, we did, but." Because it was her, we, we decided to celebrate her being pregnant, remember? So we had like a little, our own tiny baby shower for her. Mm -hmm. We had decorations, but it was deep in the, ha in, in the apartment. It wasn't there. I mean, that was our normal decoration. So we had to explain like, uh, this is how we live, but come over here, come over here. So anyway, <clears throat> the way we are hosts is anytime you come over... First, you're greeted immediately at the door by all of us. Like, we either applaud you coming in, like, yay, you're here. Or, you know, we definitely say, oh, my God, we're so happy you're here. Hi. And we don't block the door. We always step to the side and wave them in like, hi, welcome. Right? Right. Every time. Every right. time. And, and nowadays, it's usually one of the girls who opens the door. Cause, yeah, well, they Because they sprint for it. They, they fight over who gets to open the door and greet the person first. So that's number one. That's just upon yes. entry, Boom. right? And immediately, immediately while you're still in the hallway. Oh, well, we'll politely tell you that um, we're shoeless, first of all. <laughs> Because I'm a neat freak. We're all neat freaks here. But, like, please remove your shoes. But then with that... Wait, that, wait, wait. What? Time out, time out. I, I'm going to have to take a pause on this one. So, wait. Did you actually say that I'm a clean freak? A neat freak? Um, now you are, pretty much. <laughs> all right. Rock on. I mean, I'm definitely way more than you are. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to... So... Derail it. Once we got the suit, the shoe situation handled immediately you'll be given a drink of some kind we'll ask you what you would like and we'll tell you what we have but you know at the very least 
a beautiful glass of water. Yeah, everybody just says, oh, I'll just have water. And then they'll realize all the stuff we have, and then sometimes they'll change their and tune. That, and you're still in the hallway, by the way. You haven't even entered our place yet. Right? But that's our way. That's, that's, that's the whole point, right, babe? Like you would say, it's your job in the world to make people feel at home. Right. It's your job to make people feel... See, at home is, again, let's def- further define. But it's, it's your job to make people feel comfortable in whatever way that that makes sense without destroying, without losing your own sense of who you are. So these, these two things fall into play, but... Like you don't want to lose your integrity. Yes. You know, um, actually, power. actually, my first lesson on uh, how to be a good host came from the TV show, God Help Us, Designing Women. Don't ask. I'm, I'm not I sure. I love that show. I am not I sure. I love that show. I am not sure if I'm authorized to actually admit that I watched the show when I didn't have a girlfriend. So, but you know what? Um, you know what? Can I just say, because you're such a big guy, like you're 6'4", <laughs> you look very menacing. So what? You do. So. Hubble, <laughs> <laughs> what? So the very fact, I think that's one of the, one of the like, in the beginning, how we, we were becoming friends, mm-hmm. I was so surprised because when I first saw you, I thought you were uh, like a motorcycle gangster. Oh, that's me to a T. I, you scared me. I, I, hey, I was scared. Motorcycle gangster. Rode my bike <laughs> no, everywhere. Oh, thought, wait. That was a bicycle. You Don't. Know, you look very... You could look very menacing because you're big. You're, you're tall and, you know... <laughs> you know, I bench 8 million pounds and... <laughs> I have eyes of flint and steely glance. I mean, you've got the gigantic, like, muscular legs, for God's sake. You know, like, it's it, you could be terrifying. But the, I'm the, getting terrified just hearing about myself. To, to see how gentle you are. And that was our big, big, like, ha, 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 because walking down the street, you and I, you would, someone would think that you would be the troublemaker, but really it was me. Truth. Really, I was the troublemaker, right? Like, I would, I'm probably the one to throw the first punch if we were going to get into a confrontation. I mean, as much as I don't like confrontation, if really, if things, if, if we needed to take care of something, I would, I would probably um, go for the knee. Because that's all I can reach. Uh, Dan, I'd be the one trying to, like, joke my way out of it for sure. Yeah. But anyways, back to designing woman, devil. Can't let husband actually make a complete a thought. See, once again, not going to allow me to complete the thought. Thank you so much. Go ahead, honey, speak. (coughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Anyways, designing women. So I think the actress's name was Dixie Carter, of all things. But she said in the show, it's a scripted show, blah, 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 sitcom, if you don't know. She said... um, no, I can't remember. No, it's um, that. That's just it. She basically said exactly what I just said, which is, you know, it's 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 the responsibility of the host to make their guests feel comfortable. Right. That's the responsibility. So, you know, in as much as my wife just went through this whole spiel about how just the hallway, we're only at the hallway. We're at the hallway, right? For me, um, you know, it all depends on who's coming. Now, usually our guests are people my wife knows and I know a lot less about because that's just how it goes um but for me it's all about whatever's going to make them com- most comfortable now there are certain obvious rules of the house blah blah blah, blah take off your shoes blah, blah, blah. but you know if I have a guest who would want to be told there's the fridge go grab a beer if I have a friend who would want me to pour something and me sample it as well, et cetera, et cetera, it's, 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 it's basically, it's about knowing, knowing your friends, frankly. And that's, that's a big part of it. And, you know, sometimes it requires probing, but, um, you know, I think, I think once you get, once you get past the initial niceties of friendship and you actually start digging in, then you get a good sense for, you know, what is this other person going to feel comfortable with as far as being a guest in my home, which further extends into being a guest out in the world. So, you know, my wife would say, you're so great at reading people. 
Well, that's because I always strive to be a good host. That's because I always strive to understand the people around me. That's because I'm always curious. I have such a, such a curious sense, such a curious nature. It's one of the reasons why I, I think I do what I do, which is, you know, I write, I write, I'm a computer programmer. I write software that helps people solve problems. You know, people come at me with a lot of emotion, a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion, a lot of sometimes anger. And, you know, it's, it's, it's my responsibility, and Aikido teaches us this, this too, but you walk your path, um, but you need to take care of the person who's approaching you with thoughts, with negative thoughts, with even positive thoughts sometimes to put them kind of uh, back into harmony, back to what, what they would say harmony or center in Aikido. I remember how you all would say, it's our job to protect our attacker in Aikido. Right. So when someone's attacking you, they are coming from pain and uh, imbalance. So it's your job to take care of your attacker. It's your job to bring that person to harmony. Right. Right? So even when they attack you, your, your job is to make sure that they remain safe that you don't hurt their ego or their body as you, in a circular way, make them feel good, yet you're pretty much bringing them to um, either a state of harmony or a state of submission, right? Am I saying it right? Yes, but um, submission and harmony start to blend together at some point. But yes. But like I remember you all, what, what I learned from training was... If it doesn't come to a point where it can be harmonious, like you have done everything. And by the way, when you attack a black belt in Aikido, it feels so good when they take care of you. <laughs> like if I'm there Roller coaster ride. It is such a beautiful... It's like being a little kid and having a sweet uncle grab your wrist and like twirl you around like, Wee! And then... It, that's what it feels like when a true black belt deals with a conflict, right? Right. Like if, if I'm the bad guy, I, it kind of feels fun for me to be thrown. Right. But you're thrown in a, a caressed, kind of like cr- a cradled, beautiful, protective way. But don't be mistaken because if you don't, um, how, how, sh- how should I say this? Your wrists or whatever joints will break if you keep fighting, though, right? Truth. So if they... Truth, but it, it's made as easy as possible not to. But how did we get from inviting someone in our home to flip and breaking wrists, darling? That's me. I'm sorry. I always, <sighs> I always go back to that. I'm sorry. You always go back to that. So anyways. I'm feisty. They called me a firecracker for a reason. Yes, but we're trying to talk about being good hosts, being friendly, being and and Ooh, also what you've I'm now trying... broken like knees and and wrists. And... No, what I'm trying to say is, even in in all situations, you are there to take care of people, right? Right. Although you 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 are really good at that. I cracking skulls no i don't i I walk away (laughs) i disappear i disappear if i feel like a situation is beyond i really don't like confrontation and i don't want to fight because especially having some training in martial arts Mm -hmm. i don't want to cause harm i really don't because of how easily bad things can happen so i will disappear You'll never see me again, basically, right? Right. Like, I will walk away. But for the most part, our, our way is to constantly try to be a good host. Right. Like, even, even when the situation is not ideal, right? True. So, anyway, I'm sorry. I totally derailed. I know. But I'm trying to explain. I'm trying to explain why I go back to the conflict. Right. Right. Because I've seen how you are able to do that with a cool, calm head. Pretty much. Always stay calm. Always learn. Always always be authentic with how you're feeling on the inside. Right. Don't hold things in. Yeah, hold on to that phrase, you know, Lord help me with the things I can't change, blah, 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 blah. 
understand the things I can change and help me let help let help me let go of the things I can't. Right. Because there are certain things, you know, there are certain places, there are certain ways, there are certain things you can't change. Um, but you know, of course, uh, I'm just a font of these like sayings today. But if you go looking for God, you will find God. If you go looking for anything else, you will find anything else. It's just the way of it. So um, for me, walking the quote unquote walking the earth, um, you know, I always I always strive and I always look for the best in people. Um, yeah. What and do so, you do when you cannot find the best in people? What do you do? Walk away. Walk away. That's what you have to do. I mean, right. you know, if you're confronted by someone who uh, is so gung-ho in their own way of being, their own phrasing, their own kind of reality. If you can walk away, you walk away. If you can't, then welcome to conflict zone. And that, and that is an uncomfortable place. And that is not um, being a good host anymore. So, so the real trick here is how do you kind of differentiate between the, the people who are worth your time and the people kind of who aren't? You know, the hardliners versus, you know, the people who just are wrapped up in their own prejudices. And it, it's basically, um, are they willing to listen? Are they willing to be challenged? Are they willing to grow? Boom, boom, boom. You know, everybody's been caught at the... How can you tell? Right. And how can you tell? And that's, that's the other thing is um, I'm very emotionally intelligent and I'm very, my wife is extremely empathic and I'm extremely, Your I don't know what's the word. Your emotional IQ is pretty high. It's, yes, my emotional IQ is very high, but I'm also good at putting myself in other people's shoes. Yeah, you are. But I don't put myself in John's shoes. I put, my, I put myself into what I perceive John's reality may look like and try and understand it from that place. So I'm not... What's the difference? I'm not John. I'm not trying to think like John. I'm not trying to be John. I'm not trying to understand John. I'm trying to understand how John got to be John. Got it. So I'm not looking at that person and going, oh, that person. I'm looking at that person as a, a combination of environmental factors and a lot of other things and trying to really understand how they got to this place they are without being that person because everybody's a jumble of a lot of different events that that shape them um you know and there are there are certainly going to be fundamental kind of events that shape people but there's also going to be a host of tiny little events that they don't think have any significance but if you put them all together it's overwhelming so the difference between well-meaning idiots versus people who are who are who are hardliners i'm just going to differentiate the well-meaning idiot is still listening and trying to be challenged and trying to understand and trying to grow. Oh my God, and, and knowing that they could be wrong or being open to the fact that they could be wrong about something. Or just being, or open, that, that, or just being open to facts. Oh my God, just being open. Just being just open being to facts. Open. Somebody who, who is like, well, this is how I've always done it. Because I think the biggest, I think one of the biggest problems with people is we're so caught in the things we've done that have been successful and the things we've done that have been terrible failures. And so we're going to be gravitating towards the thing that's always worked because guess what? It's always worked. And, and we're going to shy away from that thing that didn't work because it didn't work. It's pretty simple stimulus. And I want to say it's probably as old as man. You know, if I go down that trail, I'm going to get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. If I go down that trail, I'm going to find something tasty to eat. Guess where I'm going? I'm going to get something tasty to eat. But, but the world is changing so fast that the old ways don't necessarily And that's, work, so. that's really the trick is we have to always be learning. We always have to be growing, and we always have to take these assumptions that we have, assumptions like we get something for free so it must be valueless and that kind of a thing and we need to start really saying well is that still true today and without causing too much analysis paralysis we still need to probably continue doing the things that have been successful but we need to be very careful not to exclude looking at other things periodically 
Things like, you know, nobody, well, at some point, everybody will forget the corner video store. That disappeared. Well, why? It was so successful for so long. Why is, why, where, where did Blockbuster go? Um, and these are, these are classic kind of business examples of, of companies that said, but this is how it's always been done, and this is the way we're going to do things. And, and that's what needs to evolve. And that basically is the difference between, in my mind, what we're what we're calling a well-meaning idiot versus kind of the other side of the coin. It's just it's just that openness. It's just that willingness to mm-hmm. communicate and mm-hmm. and and grow. And well, one of the things I've discovered and that I've been thinking about the past week regarding me not understanding, wow, this person still hasn't gotten what I was trying to tell them two and a half years ago, you know, and it made me really really upset. Um. I, I was thinking about an archetype of like the one who's in control and the one who's like the servant, right? And it's like I have to stay away from people who assume I am their servant. That assume that I have nothing to offer. Let's I'm trying to understand early on who do I stay away from? See and that's already a misnomer. I don't like student. I, I don't like servant. I would have gone student. And I would say that uh, everyone is worth the time. It's just a question of, you know, are they going to be open? But go ahead. But what I'm talking about is I have to stay from the people that are not going to be open, that assume. <laughs> My wife has hand in fist. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't call me knuckles for nothing. Uh, hey, so, that's. I call you knuckles. Okay. I don't have a fist anymore, okay? I have to stay away from, for me, the sign that it's not going to be mm. going anywhere with someone right. is when they there's a belief that I am less than they are. Right. And I can't change their mind about that. Right. And this, this honestly is a little tricky for me. You know, and I'll say personally, I've had I've had some difficulty, and I'm working through that because I do come at, and I'm I'm now talking more professionally than personally, but I do come at things where I ask a lot of questions, which immediately puts the other person in the frame of mind of, oh, I'm here to teach you all kinds of good things, and I'm this, and I'm that, and you know, I I think there's a big kind of problem in the world um, that once you reach a certain level of competency in stuff you kind of everyone assumes like oh he's really good at playing guitar he must be a good singer too and you know what sometimes that's not the case or uh in the technical field oh he doesn't know much about oh god and i don't want to acronym acronymize you um our our listeners but you know there's lots of things to learn in computers constantly so if you're if you're really good at uh sequel which is this random thing you must be really good at this and you know what that's not the case technology is shifting and moving so fast i mean if you think if you're a, if you're a quote unquote non-technical or non-programmer person, you know you think the world is changing so quickly. It's changing even faster for us. So you can't be great at everything. You can't even be good at most things. You're gonna be passable at a few. Um, and and you know people get locked into this way of thinking that if you if you're really good at one thing, you must be really good at all things. And then that makes people afraid to go ahead and try new things because they're gonna, you're going to suck. The first time you bowled, you were terrible. The first time you went roller skating, you were terrible. Why the heck did you keep doing it? Because you're getting reinforcement back that says you stink. Well, it's because you wanted to or your friends wanted to, but you persevered. You pushed through and, and maybe you reached a level of competence. Maybe you gave it up, but you were learning. Always be learning and understanding and knowing, you know, getting a better sense, I think, always of who you are, what you can and can't do, what you should and shouldn't do. But you need to challenge that. You always need to be challenging that. You always need to be learning something. And that's the that's the art of friendship right there, right? Because we can't assume that the person is static. We can't put anything on anyone, Right. Right. You always have to be open to their change. True. And with all relationships, not just it's not just the art of friendship, 
it's the art of marriage. It's, um, I mean, not that we're experts, but we have been married and, you know, we are like, if you were to look at us, total opposites. You're logical. I'm illogical. You're tall. I'm short. You know, you're calm. I'm a hothead. But just watching each other like we would watch a movie. You know what? Scratch that. You watch movies knowing what's going to happen. Like, you analyze things as they go. I just watch to watch, you know? I'm just watching, right? It, it depends on the movie. That's how we should, uh, ideally, I think that's one of the keys to a good friendship is to not take anything personally. Just watch and listen and not interject your own thing. See? Allow the other person to be. And appreciate that. But you just said not take it personally. Right? And wow, that sounds really good. That's a great soundbite. I like it. But you know what? At some point, your friend's going to say, oh, that music you really like. Oh, I don't like that. Or that sports team you're a big fan of. I don't even like the sport. Cut even deeper or they cut even deeper or they cut even deeper because there are certain things that... um, um, you know, it's like if, if you're, you know, Michigan State Wolverines do or die and somebody says something bad about Michigan State, are you, you know, there are people who would just cut them out. I'm trying to say that you have to be authentic. Right. Not that, not that not, don't take it personally. I say be authentic. That goes without saying. Well, no, because if somebody says something that you are taking personally, you can't just flip that off. That's your emotion. That's that's who you are. That's that's, that's part of conversation comes in. Right? Well, yeah, no, but that's just it. You do need to take it personally and say, hey, hey, hey. You know what? No, uh, uh-uh, that's not cool. It's- Without it getting to a point of true like ah, breaking skulls, taking things personally, as in when someone is saying, oh, God, how can I use an example without getting into trouble? Trouble, trouble. All right, so a friend crosses the line. Yes. And so your feelings have been hurt. Oh, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this is how guys do, but this is what happened with me. So a friend stepped way out of line. And I took it, you know, while it was happening. I was trying to understand her perspective and why she was doing what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Why those certain actions right. I let it ride out now when the day was done I made sure in my own self that I was going to not be so emotionally charged mm-hmm. so I can go to this person and say hey yesterday when you did this I understand why you did it I, I understand where you were coming from but I gotta tell you that it really felt like it crossed the line. I became really hurt, and I trusted you with this secret and the fact that you went and told everybody. And the the result was this. I I want to let you know I I felt really upset. And in our friendship, I just you know as we get to this point, I want you to know what I tell you stays between us unless we have an agreement where I tell you, yes, you can share this information. I'm just letting you know from now on, whatever I tell you, I want it to be between us. And if you want to share this, please ask me first. And they take it personally, right. is what I'm trying to say. Is They take it personally and they think, oh, okay, well, we can't be friends anymore. Because they're not accustomed to having conversation around conflict i'm going to tell you everything i feel and i'm telling you i want to pursue our friendship um but in order to pursue our friendship i need you to know this about me and obviously you didn't know that before but i'm just letting you know now that this is sacred to me and they take that as we're no longer friends and they become like from their perspective in fighting mode like enemy mode right Right, and that... So that's what I meant about okay. not taking things personally. Okay. Do you know what I okay. mean? Okay, yes, 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 yes. Because you're taking what I said based upon your life of not having communication skills, 
when someone does you dirt, you just kind of swallow it and ignore it and then pretend it never happened and you continue on with the same relationship, like the same way, like nothing ever happened. I can't do that. So that's what happened with these friends that we had a couple years ago. Right, right, right. No, no, no. I, I, okay, okay. Now that's that's good. Is I, that clear? That, that's a Am much I being clear? Better, that's a much better perspective on it. Yeah. I think so. I think so. And that has to deal with, you know, how do you deal with conflict in a friendship? So, um, yeah, I mean, you'll remember, I mean, God, when we were just dating, you know, we got into, we got into a tiff. Which one? First one. And you Which were one? all bent out of shape. I don't even, The lions? I don't know what we were arguing about. It doesn't matter. Because God help me if I redredge this up, then you, you are going to see some fireworks. What happened? Which one? <laughs> it was the, you know, we got into some kind of a fight and we got all upset on both sides and you call one of your friends and you're like oh i just got a fight with matt and oh it's over and she's like no now y'all can get married you've had a fight you need to do that you need to you need to see how you fight and that this is something i tell people and to find out what kind of a fighter you are right that's true um but you know um are you a dirty fighter I, I, I talk with friends all the time and they're like, oh my God, I met this, I met this girl, I met this guy, whatever. Um, and, you know, the, I, I have a host of questions to ask them. Number one is, do you find yourself breaking your rules, in air quotes, and, some, and usually they'll say, well, yeah, I, I kind of am because I like to have this and I like to have that. And I was like, okay, that's good. Are you finding that they are breaking theirs too? And if they don't say, yeah, they are, then, you know, all of a sudden you're giving too much, maybe, and they're not giving enough, maybe. And then I also say, have you gotten in a fight with them? And then the question on the fight is, did they pull out the atom bomb? You know, are they just, are they just swinging to hurt you? Because, you know, there, there are things, everybody knows certain things about the people that they care about in their lives, that if you bring them up, it's, it's, it's going to be a huge issue. Um, and it's a question of whether or not that people bring those things out. So it's, it's about when you have conflict in a friendship, in a relationship, it's, it's, you know, there, there are kind of these, and I'm speaking them, but unspoken rules that say you can't, you can't be swinging to really, really, to hurt, to, to hurt them just to hurt them. And you have to listen to what they have to say and you have to understand what they're saying and if you don't understand you have to get to a place of understanding but we got here from host again you know what that goes back to being a host because just take the conflict and let's treat it as a party right so you've invited someone why are you laughing you've invited someone conflicts end up they don't feel that way well it is a party (laughs) because it get it can get loud it's back and forth people talking there's other things happening like music in the background there are dishes being passed around you're tasting different food why are you laughing i'm trying to i'm explain spinning how everything like we're breaking the plates i'm tasting no, bile because you 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 are together and you it's it's like cooking you have like all these things going in the pot the pot may be boiling some some sauce may be like you know splattering out of the pot, making a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're at a party. There's a dance. So you have someone you've invited into your home. Your home could be your heart. Your your home could be your apartment. Your home could be your neighborhood. Your home could be whatever. Your, yes. You know right? And it's this dance. It's this back and forth. And you all this needs to be kept in mind. Right. So. Good host, bad host. Good guest, bad guest. Right. And and back to um, how do you tell a well-meaning idiot from a hardliner is, again, like the rules, the back and forth, and all the things you're talking about for sure. And if, if they're not, if there's not some level of respect there. If they're not going to take off their muddy shoes. Right. And stomp all over your beautiful rug. Right. That your baby's crawling on. It's disrespectful. Right. Right? Right. So you have to handle, how are you going to treat this guest? Yes. Are we going to keep our mouths shut and just clean everything after they leave? Are we going to say something? Are we going to potentially offend them? Because if I don't say something, in my mind, I'm not inviting that person again. Right. And if I say something and they get offended, 
they're not coming back. It's the, the whole example of being a good host and have someone coming over to your home. I mean, this is how we deal with, with each other at the office. This is how we deal with each right. other at wherever we are on the street. Right. So when you come in, so, I mean, my background, you never let anyone go without being fed, you know, offering them a drink. And I'm not talking about alcohol, but a drink, something to nourish them while they're here. You, you know, you, people need to be nourished. And I know I'm very aggressive with that because I found that, yes. especially with the American culture, they're not really used to hospitality. Unless you're from the South, maybe. They understand hospitality. They, they're more used to, I don't know, don't you think? They're more hospitable. Even like when you look at the um, recipes and the food, the South is much more open to... That, that certainly know? is the stereotype for sure. That is a stereotype, yeah. That's true. But I just, I remember when we were getting married, I was like, oh my goodness, what? Everybody seems to be down my throat about, are you going to have this at the reception? Are you going to have this kind of food? I can't have that kind of food. And, and I started to get stressed. I'm like, oh my God, this is a party. What is all the stress about that you're making me freak out because I'm inviting you to celebrate our love and... Here I am freaking out about everything from the food being a certain way to the colors being a certain way. It's not the bride. I mean, I was not a bridezilla. I just was trying to create a party. And bringing the South back into it, I I don't know where I came across this, but I came across some book and it was written by a, a woman who specialized in hosting parties, right? And she was Southern. And she said, um, you know, we throw parties all the time. So if we make this beautiful cake and the cake falls down and splatters everywhere, it's no big deal because we do cakes all the time. We do parties all the time. So if something goes wrong, no big deal. Do you know what I mean? It's not the main event. Right. The main event is us being together. Right. I think you're talking about there's a difference between there there is and isn't a difference between being a good host and being a good guest. Because again, you have to be open, you have to be understanding, you have to be always trying to grow and always um, you know trying to learn from and have it be reciprocal, correct? Like, what, and that's I'm talking about both sides of the equation now, guest yeah, and host. Exactly, I, I know exactly. For example, I'll make every dish I can possibly make. Because I'm so excited about this person coming over, right? <laughs> right? I want to share everything with them. And what do you always say, like to us and the kids especially? Oh, here it comes. Always give the guest our best morsels, right? True. The best of the best. Give the guest the best of what we have. Right. Right? But it's kind of offensive when the guest will treat us like their servants. Have you, remember? Like they'll sit and they won't move. And we're like coming over and constantly serving them. And it's like, oh my God, they're just like sitting there like they're at a restaurant. There's no give from them. Right. On any level. Right. So bad guess. Is you know what I mean? Yes. But then how do you be how do you continue to be a good host in that situation? I mean, in the back of my mind, I'm like, this person's never coming back again. I'm never inviting them over again. But, but that's just it. You know, in my world, um, I like to believe I'm good at getting in touch with people and staying in touch with people. And then I'll usually reach a point where I've realized that I've been reaching out to them, say, four or five times, and they haven't been reaching back out. And then I'll, um, yeah, I'll, I'll stop. I'll just stop just to see if they'll, they'll get back in touch with me. And that's they'll how reciprocate. I, and that's how I approach it because I, I think I typically with most people, not all people, but with most people, uh, better at staying in touch. So it, it fluctuates because, you know, we're always inviting people over. True. Right? We're always open. And then we get tired, quite frankly, because we realize, wow, it's always us making the effort. Right. They don't reciprocate. It's not like we want them to invite us over to their house. We get it. We love to cook over here, right? Right. We're all master chefs over here. We love it. Wait, now you're saying I'm a master chef too? Dang, check me out. So we're not expecting 
our friends to be master chefs. Right. But we, it would be nice to have them initiate something. True. Like, would you like to come over for coffee? Or do you want to go out for coffee? Or do you want to go for a walk? No, nothing. When we're always the host and we have to carry everything, then it's exhausting and it will come to an end. Yes. And so that's what made us start Be Friendly, right? Be Friendly World. Yes. No, it's, it's we one realize of we the need things. to have yes. this conversation. Yes, bringing back the art of friendship for sure. Bringing back the and art it's, of friendship. And, and that really boils down to... Um, so we talked about always be learning, always be open, always be, but also always be, um, you know, being a good host, always be, um, God, I had a brilliant way of saying it and I didn't get a chance No, but, um, we need to, um, we need to give everyone else the best of what we have, period. And, and that to me is friendship is when I try and give you my best, which is my best advice. That's my best attention. That's my best. I want, I want the people who are my friends to feel special, to feel valued and to, and to feel loved and to feel heard. And, and that is a lot of it right there. And then being authentic enough to say when you are out of power and say, you know, I, I'm feeling out of power and I'm going through something and and explaining that to them. So when they don't hear from you, you communicate to them why. You know, I'm tired or I'm going through some hard time. I'm not, I don't have the capacity to be as outgoing at this moment. I want you to know I'm going through this thing. People don't do that. Right. They just disappear. They just disappear. And then you later hear about some something that they've gone through and you're like, dang, dude, you should have called me. Maybe I could have helped. Maybe not. But you at least have someone to talk to. And that's just it. Um, you know, I know when I have friends going through stuff, it's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll listen. I don't know what I can do for you, but I will absolutely always be there and I'll always listen. You call me anytime, day or night. And honestly, it generally seems like just saying that, is exactly what they need. Right. I mean, like I said, when someone is going through something hard and it can't be fixed, the the very best thing you can do is be there with your presence. Like feeling like a child that is afraid of the dark, just knowing that you're in the room with me, I feel like I can handle the monster right. that's under my bed because you're in the same room. You're not doing anything. You're in the room with me. That's doing something. That's doing... So, it, it, sometimes it feels like that's like n at least 90% of, of what needs to happen. It's right. just knowing that, you know, you have that's this it. person out there. And that's the art right there. Physical presence. It could be over the phone. But sure as hell is not via text or Instagram. Right. Folks, I have to go to the bathroom. Okay, so... Be Good host. Yeah. Get the best morsels. Get the best of you. We'll talk later in just a few days. It's really good to be here. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.